God created us to praise out loud. Not to be in a shelter. There's time of prayer. There's time of fasting. There's time of sitting alone with Him in that quiet place. But then there's also time to make sweet music and praise Him out loud. To let everybody know who He is, His character, who He is. To go out and to be who we are. So continue to praise Him this morning. Continue to praise Him. Don't leave Him in a box. He's not designed to be in a box. Just continue to praise Him this morning. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Without our praise towards Him, what's our capability of doing it ourselves? Without the praising Him and the thanking Him and giving all Him the glory and the honor that He deserves, where would we be without that? We've got to praise Him. We've got to praise Him. Amen? Let me hear it then. Let me hear you praise God. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Take hold of this place, Father. Take hold of our hearts. We give you this service. We give you this building. We give you our hearts. We give you our minds, our soul. You do what your will is, Father, and we will step aside to honor it. Thank you, Father. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. I, uh, man, I loved worship today. Kind of brought back some, maybe for several of us in here, and, and Pastor, I almost whispered in his ear, but I didn't want to the, disrupt the flow, but that was some old school worship music right there. <laughs> holy, holy, that song, I don't know that I haven't heard that song since I was in my 20s, so that was a day or two ago. But I loved it. Did you did you did you catch that? Like when we were growing up and like that song just hit me, like going to to, to young life or going, I don't know, there were just a lot of things that were flashing history and what God had been doing in my life when when I kinda at times in my life growing up through there that I was ignoring him, but he never left me. And to hear that song, it just started bringing up memories of, of where I was at and what I was doing and my wife trying to keep me out of trouble and, and, and things like that and trying to honor God and to try to just walk in the best I possibly could when I, was, when I was clear over here. But that song was just bringing back, you know what? You heard that song, if I remember right, I heard that song the first time in young life. See, you don't even know. See, God told me that. <laughs> I don't know, but I know that I was very, very young when I heard that song. And then, then I started, how many of you know who Jars of Clay is? I'm talking my age now. Uh, I still got a, not a, not, a, not a DVD or a CD, I got a cassette tape of Jars of Clay. I don't have anywhere to play it anymore, but I have one. There you go. That's it. So thank you guys very much. You guys can be seated. Thank you. All right. Got a pretty full house. Now I know why I got to drink two bottles of water before I even get started. Because that worship music is awesome. Amen. It prepares our souls and our minds and our wills. That's what we're going to talk today a little bit about. You don't need to raise your hand in this, but I had to raise my hand several times throughout this message of what I was kind of dealing with and what I was feeling like I needed to go through. 
How many of us here lately have really paid attention to our souls? Paying attention to our souls, and some of us in here may not even know what that, but that, what that is, what that means, what the content is about some of that stuff. I can say for myself, there's been ins and outs and ups and downs for several months, and I couldn't quite put a put a pin on it. I couldn't quite put a pinpoint on like just certain little things were, were, were just like, I didn't understand or not necessarily going wrong, but I just couldn't figure them out or, or it wasn't what I was expecting this situation or these circumstances to be. And I, I couldn't get a pinpoint on it. I couldn't figure it out. And God had showed me that we need to start restoring our souls. Amen. See, all of us have, if you've accepted Jesus Christ and you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we all know we have the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of us. He's our discerner. He's our yes and no if we're listening to Him. We've got the ability that dwells on the inside of us. Amen? And so many times that I've heard, including myself, of we've, we've got to get... Not more spiritually, but we've got to take, pay more attention to the Holy Spirit that dwells on the inside of us. Well, how do we pay attention to the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of us if our soul's not resurrected? If our soul's not restored? Amen? We listen to the Holy Spirit through our heart, but He also gave us a mind. Right? So I found myself in some of these circumstances or situations, or, and, and nothing really bad or nothing really big. But I couldn't quite just, I couldn't put my hand on what was really going on. And I found myself trying to manage things on my own. I got the Holy Spirit. I got the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. How many of you get butterflies when you know you're not listening to the Holy Spirit? (laughs) Amen? And a lot of times I was starting to make decisions on my own. I was, start, I was starting to say things on my own. I was starting to respond on my own. And God had told me, you know what? You need to, re- you need to restore your soul. We need to have a soul restoration. You guys, will, you guys, this is the best example that I could come up with. Men, you'll like it. Ladies, you'll probably read your phone for a minute or two. How many of you watch American Pickers or, yeah, right? American Pickers. And then there's another one that's uh, kind of a tie-off to that. It's American Restorations. I love that show. I don't know why they pay the price they do because in one man's eye, that's a big pile of junk. and the other man's eye, going, that's a big pile of gold. But they restore everything. I haven't seen, so the American Picker guys will take, this to the guy that runs the American or the restoration show. And they take in this rusty, beat up, dented up, like pop soda machines and, and old pump oil. See, I'm going to talk again about my, my age again. I remember when I was growing, when I was little, little, how many of you remember when there was literally glass bulbs on your gas pumps? Now they were really, really old. But there were, there were some still around when I was little. But they would take these things and how much they're worth now to certain people. See, certain people look at that as, we need to throw that away, it's junk. And other people say, you know what, I can fix that. And they, they don't just go get aftermarket parts. Pastor Darren will appreciate this when he's restoring a car, when he's restoring with his dad, restoring any type of car. They don't go in there and buy the cheap 
part or, or an aftermarket part and just try to shove something together. They try to go make it original. They try to restore it to its an original state. So when they're, when they're rebuilding a gas pump or a motorcycle or, or, or a car or whatever they have that they're restoring, they're researching, they're studying, they're putting the effort, they're putting the labor in, they're putting the time in to find that part that will restore that to its original state. Amen? The restoration of old things and bringing them back to life. See, they see the potential in something that has been forgotten about and neglected. Are you hearing me? People see the potential in that soda machine, that pot machine, those, those gas tanks, those cars, those motorcycles. They see the potential in that. Others may just see it as junk and walk right by it. That's not our God. That's not our God. They see the potential in something that has been forgotten and neglected. See, another example of this, how many of you, this, my wife watches this more than I do, but it's still a pretty good part of my life, so it pops into my head. Home restoration shows. Same thing, right? Like, you know, you've heard pastors talk about stinky house. I got one way to fix that. And all I need is a bulldozer. <laughs> right? And you wanted to do that at one time. But it's the same thing. You go into these houses and the, the people walk around. And, the, and I like the husband and wife duos because I can relate to both sides of it instead of just the ladies. <laughs> I like them when they're both working together. Let's say that. But one walks in there and goes, I can tear this wall down. I can tear this sheetrock out. I'll rip the bathroom apart. I'll put new plumbing in. We're going to have to rewire a new electricity. And Tracy's got her... Ma- oh, not Tracy. I'll just say her. So, But then Tracy pulls out... Tracy starts pulling out her paint, paint colors. These two were doing it in the back room just five minutes ago. And I'm thinking, I'm going to use that because that's what I'm talking about. I'm back there rehearsing my message, and these two are picking out paint colors for, their, for Lynette's house. I'm sorry, I had to throw you under the bus. But see, we're, all, we're looking at how am I going to restore the big project? What? I'm going to rip things down. I'm going to tear things up. I'm going to get this done. I don't, I'm, I'm not a very detailed, I'm not a finished carpenter. I hate it. I hate it. I want to rip something up, tear something down, and rebuild. But then Tracy, she can walk through this very dilapidated, torn down house, sheetrock falling off, mold in the walls, roofs caving in, and she can walk through there and say, okay, this is where a bathroom's going. It's going to have light gray walls. I'm going to put this color tile in here. This is where this floor's going to go. Here's the trim color that we're going to want to do. And I mean, what are you talking about? She sees the details. She sees through the junk. She sees through the muck. She sees through the dilapidated condition of what that house may be in. How many of us look at one another and see that? I've looked at myself like that. Like, man, I am torn up. I need some help. But that's not how God sees us. These people can see 
I'm just going to quote this because I heard it. I didn't, I'm just stealing it. These people can see what it could be instead of what it is right now. It doesn't matter what the house looks like right now. What's it going to look like? What's the vision that we have for it? What's the vision that we have for ourselves? What's the vision that God has for us and one another? We can beat ourselves up at times. Amen. We can rip into us. And sometimes we're corrected by God, but he also sees the restoration of the soul, restoration of our hearts and restorations of our lives through whatever we're going through. Amen? Looking at something as it was and seeing what it has become is the blessing and the reward. Did you catch that? I kind of stuttered. Looking at something as it was And seeing what it has become is the reward and blessing. Man, how many... I don't know if you watch the show, but I'm giving a lot of examples, but it it does at some point. The revealing of the brand new home. When that big old... One specific show, I can't remember what it was, but where they pull the big... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is. But they got the whole brand new home restored, built. Their sweat, tears, and labors went in this house. And they're not doing it for them. They're doing it for the people that they're building it for. And then the big reveal, that big wall that's right there out in the street and all this other stuff, they're standing behind that. And then they remove that wall and then a brand new home. A brand new restored facility that they get to dwell and live in. Have you seen the responses of those people? How grateful they are, the tears and the walking through. Half of them can't even imagine or couldn't have even comprehended what they were going to look like. What They never could afford that on their own. They couldn't do this. So many things went through their head saying, I'm just settling for what I'm going to live with because I don't think I can get what God has for me. They're going to settle for what they're living in instead of seeing what God has for them to restore their hearts, to restore their minds, to restore themselves. And so often we sit in this place of wondering and not knowing or what can be, or, or we turn our minds back around and go, this should have happened to me. This should have come out on this. This is how I should, this is how I've seen the situation. This is what I should have said. And then when it doesn't happen, we wonder why just much like what I've been doing with a few, few situations in my life. I was making my own decisions. God had so much better for if I'd have just listened to him from the get-go and said what he told me to say, do what he told me to do, how much better would those situations be? I still may not understand it, but I would have had a peace on the inside of me knowing that that was God's decision, not mine. That's what hurts us, right? That's, that's what draws us in there. Knowing that we did something in a circumstance and knowing that it was my decision instead of God's decision, that's the pain. That's the hurt. That's the situation we're in. I'm okay living with God's decision, even though it's not mine. But I'm not okay when I make my own decision and then try to suffer the consequences. It hurts. That's the pain for me. Like, God, I apologize. I'm sorry. I repent. I need to listen to you. Fix me. Restore my soul. Our souls need to be restored. Because of neglect, time in our own minds, 
thinking we're getting too old, this is good enough. Thinking God doesn't have anything for us. I've, I've ran my course here. Amen? Amen? We've got to restore our souls. Mainly do because we neglect it. We, we try to renew our spirit. We try to come up and bring the Holy Spirit to dwell up on the inside of us again. And to start listening to our hearts. But if, we're not, if we don't have a restored soul, our spirit heart can get hardened because our mind's taken over. And we don't mean to, but our soul, our mind, will start taking over our hearts. And that's how we begin to get a hardened heart. And then we don't listen to the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing me? He can restore our souls. Our souls need to be restored. Okay, enough of the examples. Let's actually go to the Bible so I can prove myself right. Let's go to Psalms 23 and the very first verse. Let me see if I can do this, Tracy. All right, it says right here. No, that's 24. The Lord is my shepherd. And I know some of you have heard this. I know it's said a lot. But I got some new, God gave me some new insight and reading through some of these, these scriptures. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Amen? Amen. So I'm, I'm going to break it down a little bit. I'm not going to hit every verse in there. But it says... Restore my soul. So if David, who wrote this psalm, had mentioned right there, he restores my soul, that must mean David's soul was broken at some point. If he recognized he needed his soul restored, something went wrong, right? Something David recognized, something that God was giving him. So restore my soul. But the others are saying, he leads me beside still waters. He brings me beside him. He leads me through paths that I'm not sure that I should go. He leads me into paths of righteousness for his name's sake. What I took out of this a little bit, and this is where I, it was reflecting on me. If David's soul was not being restored... Would he have been led on paths of righteousness with God? That soul needs to be restored so he can walk side by side by Jesus and in his light and in his righteousness. That's where David was recognizing, Lord, fix my soul, fix my soul so I can walk in righteousness, so I can take the paths that you've called me. Y'all are blurry. I need to take my glasses off. Let me, let me, so some of you may not know, and, and pastors even taught myths. I didn't know this either until they, they did some teachings on this. So our soul is made up our mind, our will, and our emotions. That's our soul body. That's our soul, that's our soul man. Our mind, our will, and our emotions. Now we get our answers of yes and no from the Holy Spirit, but where does that supposed to come from? The heart, our gut. We know that he's speaking to us. But then when we start responding to it, if our soul is not restored, 
we're making our decisions up with our mind, our will, and our emotions. I'm not going to speak for everybody out here, but I'll bet it's probably the same case. I have made decisions and said things that I shouldn't have based off of my emotions. That usually gets me into a fight. Not with my wife. Right? It's not with my wife. But working off of your emotions, it's your mind. Do you make a decision with your mind? What's our, what's our will? We want our very best, right? I mean, our will is to do what we are supposed to go do, what we think we're supposed to go do. But sometimes our will is not what we're supposed to do because it's not God's. Amen. Amen? And emotions speak for itself. I mean, I'll, I would guarantee you almost every man in here has made a decision based off of angry emotion at some point in their life, regardless of what it is. Amen? What about, what about being sad or, or being vulnerable or being hurt or being, being shamed? And then they, they, the ladies could do this. They make a, a, a rash decision like, I'm sad. I, I'm worked up. I'm, a, I ha, I'm full of anxiety. I have this stress upon me. My husband's not doing the yard work. My husband's not cleaning the, taking out the trash. And... <laughs> no, no comment. You know what she does? She just goes and gets the trash bag, takes it out of the garbage can, and sets it right in the middle of the kitchen. She doesn't make an angry decision based off of emotions. So either I'm going to trip over the trash in the middle of the kitchen, or I'm going to get the hint. She wants me to take the trash out. Right? She does not work off of emotions a whole lot. That was a bad example. I should have came up with a different one. So here's a brief, here's kind of a definition of, of what soul is. And I took, this came out of the Bible, but it was out of the, out of the commentary portion of the Bible. Part, and it's not a full, flare, it, it's a definition, but it's broke down into segments. So one, our soul, restoration, our soul restores our lives. It restores us as a person. Restores our mind. It can restore our personalities. I didn't dig too far into that, but I, I found that fascinating because I need a lot of restoring on my personality. Restores my desires and feelings. That's what restoring our soul can do. Desires and feelings, where does that come from? Our minds. And they're not all pure, right? Amen? Amen? We want them to be, but they're not all pure sometimes. It's because we're acting on a broken soul, and we need to restore the soul. We're acting on a broken mind. We're acting on the things of this world. How many of you know we can get consumed here? Two hours here each week doesn't cut it. Amen? It's a starting point. It's a training point. It's a learning point. But it doesn't cut it out there for the rest of the week. Because we see people dealing with broken, unrestored souls out there. Amen? How do we respond to that? The fact that David asked God to restore his soul tells us we need our souls restored. All right, I'm going back to American Pickers. There's one episode that really it touched my heart, and that sounds weird. 
coming from a restoration show. But the, the boys were out picking, I, even, I forget where it was at, but they were just out doing their things, looking at old stuff, seeing possibilities of, of making income, seeing money. They all love motorcycles. They let anything rusty and old, that's what they say. I'll buy anything that's rusty and old so they can restore it, so they could bring it back, so they can bring it, try to bring stuff back to its an original state. So they went to this one pick and two sisters owned the property and they had had all kinds of stuff. They're on a farm. Their dad ranched farm. You all can relate to that, right? And they were just walking through and picking and they came across this car and I forgot the name of it off the top of my head, but it was an old car, I believe back in the thirties and they were bartering back and forth. It was their dad's car and he decided, well, the sisters are there. We're going to sell it. So they finally sold it, and I don't, I don't know the timeline in between this, but they took it back and restored it, buffed it out, got the rust done, put new windows in it, and all back to original state of what the dad saw it as when he got it. And one of the, one of the circumstances or, or one of the, the, the handshake conditions of what was supposed to happen once that car was restored they were supposed to bring it back to that house and let their dad see it and i thought man that is that is pretty cool you know can you i mean just just imagine like your grandpa or your great grandpas and i i've gotten photos and to see some of that stuff just like the worship song that we just had that that brought back memories to me that brought that i got to reflect on what god gave back to me what about what about that that farmer that's bled and just run his knuckles to the ground working so hard and got to see that original car in its original state that he wants to got to see it when he was younger. Yeah. And how, wouldn't that be incredible? Yeah. I thought, man, that, that's cool. Cause that it's not the car. It's the memories that come with it that we remember. Well, now I'm going to turn the tide. That's exciting. Well, they brought the car back to the sisters several, several, several months down the road and brought the car back so he could see it, but he had passed away. And that hit me really, really hard. It, it bugged me. But here's the point. After years of neglect and getting forgotten about our souls, we shouldn't wait to have our souls restored because we're not guaranteed tomorrow. Amen. Amen. We don't get to see that brand new shiny car. We're not guaranteed that tomorrow. And I'm not saying this man's soul was lost, but I'm using that as an example. You know, and I did this for a big portion of my walk in Christ, especially when you're young. You young kids, I'm glad you were in here today. You aren't bulletproof and invincible. Sadly, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. None of us are not guaranteed tomorrow. We've got to restore our souls so we can walk in the Holy Spirit and move through an entire life. Don't wait till I was, don't wait till you're in your 40s because you don't know if you're going to be in the 40s. Do it right now. Make a commitment to yourself right now as a teenager or wherever you're at in your 20s, in a brand new, brand new marriage, in a brand new dating situation, whatever it is, make that commitment now and stick with it. Restore your soul 
today. Make that commitment to him. Because I promise you, once that soul's restored, the Holy Spirit will turn your stomach upside down and you will get to enjoy the blessings he wants for each and every one of you. Amen. Amen. That was a that was a little bit of a sad story, but it really truly hit me. Like, man, he was a couple days late in getting to see the miracles and the blessings and the and the memories that he once had. Let's not wait to see what God has for us any longer. Amen. Amen. They were taking the car, or I already read that. See, one of the biggest mistakes that I found, and maybe I'm just talking to myself through, through some of this, one of the biggest mistakes that I'd found in this, as Christians sometimes, because we know who Christ is and the Holy Spirit dwells on the inside of us, sometimes we think we're exempt to this. Well, I walk with Christ. I got the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. I go to church. I'm really, we can talk ourselves in to not thinking the enemy is not going to attack our souls. And anybody that's been a Christian very long, you're going to get attacked. And you all know it. We are not an exempt from that. And I, I was reading some articles and reading some situations of, of how, they were com, how they were talking about who they were and what the world really responds to. We're in the world just like they are. In fact, in my circumstance, and I would even say pastor's circumstance, where we are at, the longer we have a relationship with Jesus Christ and the longer we are walking in his grace and mercy and the longer we're walking in his power and strength, the enemy is trying to kick us in the tail every second. What does he care about the person that, that's not following him? What, I mean, he cares. That's a, that's a bad choice of words. But how much is that? How much God cares about him? But do you think the enemy cares about this guy that's that's down the street doing drugs and and wandering around and all? he doesn't have to? He's following. He's not doing anything. It's us that he's trying to attack. It's us that he's trying to get our soul broke down. It's us that he wants to fall into the things and the traps of this world. We are not ex- exempt from our souls being fractured. And need to be repaired. We have to feed our souls by the Lord. We have to feed it with those right things. We have to nurture those right things. Using the spirit to make the right decisions in our our mind and our emotions, our will. It's so easy in a relationship with Christ. And I say easy, that's that's probably not the word. But when the enemy is under attack, when our soul is not restored, when, our, when we are not continuing to restore the old, when, when we are not looking for that brand new part to fix whatever's broken on the inside of us, we begin to backslide. We begin to step away. We begin to fall away. We, be, we begin to think about what we used to do that we tried to walk away from, and now it looks just as good as it did before. And we start to backslide. Everybody knows that the Bible says sin's fun for a season. But it, how long's your season? Is it a week? Is it a month? Is it 30 years? Is it till you're on your deathbed? How long's your season of this? And we're not guaranteed tomorrow. So I would change your season date. It's so easy to backslide. 
See, even even look, and this is this is kind of a shallow example, but even the patterns in the in the Old Testament, and I won't get into deep of it, but God created us. God created His people to be with Him. God created Him to follow and to listen to to have those blessings, to have that that strength and that power and that guidance in there. And what had happened after years had went by, the people started leaving God, started questioning Him. God, if you're real, why aren't you giving me this? What are they acting out of? The Holy Spirit? Granted, the Spirit wasn't handed down yet, but you better listen to God. What were we responding off? They were responding off their souls. They were responding off their own minds, their own will, and what they wanted and not what God wanted. So they began to leave. But then guess God's love and grace and mercy started shining back in. Now there was consequences and punishments, but we all have that. But then they started coming back to him. Oh, God, yes. I start coming back. They start coming back to God. And they're, and they're out there doing what God calls them to do. Until something goes awry, something happens, a circumstance, a situation that they didn't know about. And guess what they did again? They start wandering away. They start pulling away from God again. Backslide, forward, backslide. I need you. No, I don't. I need you. No, I don't backslide over and over that's the struggle with our souls see david said this i shall not want so what did david not want we stray because we want what we don't have at that moment see there's a portion of david's life that he wanted and he went and got but it wasn't his, it was his own decision that was made. Amen? We take for granted what we do have and assume we will have it, all of it, always. Our souls are constantly greedy for things if we're not careful. For something different if we're not careful. For something new if we're not careful. For something more if we're not careful. We pull that in. We'd start dragging that back down. We, we stray because we want what we don't have. Our souls are constantly looking for something else. In Philippians, it says this. It is truly a godly, godly characteristic to be content with what we have. God supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory. What more do we need? It's okay to want something, but we need to ask for it first. Let's ask instead of go get. It's okay to have things, but let it be a blessing and not something that you're greedy over. Amen? Amen? I'm not saying that, and neither is God. We're, we're not saying just sit in your, your chair and live this way and live that way and not get to go do anything, not to experience anything, not to see anything. That's not what it means. It says be content in Him and all things will be supplied. He's a giver, not a taker. He'll give you what your heart's desire is, not your soul desire is. Amen? As I was kind of, all right, here, let's, let's do this. Let's roll over to Corinthians 2 in chapter 5 real quick. 
All right. Did I give you a verse? I didn't, did I? Verse 17. It says this right here. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Only things have, all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's a restoration of our soul right there. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. You're not an old, forgotten, broke down, rusty, dilapidated piece of house anymore. You're a new creation in God's eyes. You're a brand new creation in his eyes. All old things have passed away. We've gotten rid of them. Behold, all things have become new. Now that new may not look like what we want it new to be, but it's new in Jesus' eyes. Amen? We cannot restore our souls by ourselves. We cannot restore our souls by ourselves. If there's anything that says restore of our souls better than the old things have gone and the new is here, what's a better definition? Just like those people picking all of those, those, those items, those rusty, broken down items. But the first thing they recognize is what the possibility it could be. God sees the possibility of who we can be. He doesn't see the brokenness. He doesn't see the sinfulness. He sees us as children of him. He'll work through the brokenness. He'll work through the sin. But we've got to work through the restoration of our souls in order for him to operate in our lives. Amen. You cannot restore your soul. Only God can restore the soul of a man. If he wants it to be. Amen. Amen. I can't help when I was reading that, that scripture earlier back in Psalms. I couldn't help once David said, you restore my soul. But I couldn't help but think about David in his time of repair. What was going through? Now we all, we all know a little bit about the story of David. Or the downfall, the concubine, the cheating the lion. I'm not going to get into all that, that right there. But he was in that condition. I wonder when he was writing that psalm, if he was, had went through that season of his life and those decisions that he made to, to, to say that, to sing that in that psalm. I wonder what he felt like. Like he, he recognized his soul was messed up. So I wonder what he was, wonder what he was feeling at that moment. And how he got himself into it. Asking the same questions I did. What's going on? Why is this happening? Where did this come from? All those questions that we, on a daily basis, we, we get through our lives. Amen? Amen? But I couldn't help while David was thinking. See, this is what I found out. At some point where David's soul had gotten disrupted. And this is this is... You're going to catch a little bit of this. This is why I love the worship team doing the great I am. 
because I got this in my note, and then I know God is on the same track for every one of us when that happens. I had no idea what the worship set was, no idea, and it's right here in my notes. See, what happened to David at some point, now I don't know where that breaking point was, but what started was he started seeing I am. I am the king. I make the decisions around here. I am doing what I want to do. I am going to get what I want. David was saying, I am, instead of listening to the great I am. That's what broke the soul. As soon as we put I am in the middle of the great I am, that ain't going to work. And I believe David was acting upon his own self, acting upon his life, acting upon his own decisions. And he put I am in the middle of a relationship with the great I am. Are you hearing me? Is that confusing? His soul was in need of repair. David was getting what he wanted. He was acting out in his own way. He was using his own mind, his wills, and his will and his emotions. And look at the end result. But here's the fun thing. Look at the restoration and the repair that God did on his life to move forward. He still says, I'm a child of God. He still calls David a child of God. God restores our souls. We just got to recognize it. We got to want to. Moses asked God, who shall I say who sent me? God says, I am that I am. Tell them I am sent you. He's I am, we aren't. Amen? Okay, I've said I am about 40 times in the last three minutes, so I'm going to move on to the next point. Are we listening to I am or listening to the great I am? We can get those results. We can get those things that we want. But are we willing to do it through God? I'm going to read one last scripture to you, and then I'm, I'm actually closing up quicker than I thought. Read. Let's or read. That's my notes. <laughs> go. <laughs> let me. You guys go to Mark 12, verse 30, and I'll read it to you. Jeez. All right, here we go. Y'all with me? And you shall love the Lord. And you shall love the Lord with your. Let me start over here. These glasses must make me see too good, I guess. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. Did you catch that? That's the key to setting our soul straight. Y'all thought like, okay, this, you're punching me in the face all service. How do I get out of it? How do I do it? Right there. We've got to love our God. Love our God. Love our God. With all our heart 
We got to listen to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. But we got to want him. We got to love him with our heart. You know, people toss the words around so often. Take care, man. I love you. I do the same thing. Do we love people with our heart? Do we love people the way God sees them? And I struggle with that heart a lot of the times because I'm introverted. I'm not a short of here. I like talking up here because I don't have to talk to individuals. And, it, and it's, it, it's a fault of mine. I'm not making a joke out of it. it it's, I would rather be up here and I'm so, and the people that know me, I'm fairly awkward with the one-on-one conversation because I, I, am I right? I'm not, I'm not lacking in that. That's <laughs> why so I let her talk all the time. But are we loving people like God sees them? Are we loving them enough with our heart, with our Holy Spirit? Are we listening to the direction that he's sending us to take care of them? With all our soul. Are we loving them with our soul? Or do we know how? Because it's not restored. Are we loving them with our decisions? Are we loving them with our words? Are we loving them with our situations? That they're going through. Are we compassionate? Our souls need to be restored with all our mind, not a portion of it, not the portion God says to use our mind, and then we use our own portion over here. The last I looked up, all means all, right? All our mind. Everything God wants us to do through our mind and with all our strength. And where does our strength come from? Our Lord. This is the first commandment. Love one another. The Bible also says to love yourself as you do the neighbor. Do you love yourself? Do you love yourself enough? Yeah, most of the time. Yeah. (laughs) That's about right. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I wonder some of the things that I do and I question it. But do you love yourself enough to restore your soul in order to do what God's called us to do? Love him. He loves you. See yourself in his eyes. Regardless of your circumstance, your situations, wherever you're sitting, your past, your past, your past. Let's make history moving forward. Amen? Amen. All right. Let me pray for you guys. Then I'll bring up Kels. Father, we just thank you for this day. Father, we just, we come to you humbly. Father, thank you for opening our eyes to a complete restoration to not only our spirit, to not only to our bodies. Father, your, your, your word says to take care of mind, body, and soul. And Father, I just pray that you would just begin to work miracles and wonders in this place right now. Father, I just ask that you would just open the hearts, open the love that you have for each and every one of them. Let them recognize how you see them, Father. Lord, you know where they're at. You know their circumstances. You know where they need to be fixed. So Father, I pray that if anyone is in here, Lord, I just pray that they're praying that prayer just much like a salvation call, much like asking the Holy Spirit to dwell on the inside of us. Father, that they ask 
to restore their souls. To begin to listen to the great I am and not ourselves. Thank you, Father. If there's anybody in here under the sound of my voice, I wasn't sure if I was going to do this today, but I feel I need to. If there's anyone under the sound of my voice in here that this message, the restoring of the soul or the heart or the mind might be a little confusing, might not have that quite full understanding. It's a possibility that your relationship with Christ is fractured. It's a possibility that you may not even know him at all. But today's the day. Today's the day he says, come to me and I'll show you who I see in you. If there's anybody in here that feels like that today, today is the day that you ask Jesus Christ into your life and accept the Holy Spirit. If that's you in here, if you're renewing your strength, if you're renewing your faith, if you're renewing your love, if you're renewing your soul or renewing a relationship with Jesus Christ today, I'd love to see a hand. Let's praise him today. Let's not hide it and not keep him in a box. Amen, amen, hands everywhere. Amen, yes, sir, in the back. Amen, yes, sir. Thank you, Father. Praise you. Lord, we just thank you. Lord, I just ask with this boldness that they just had, Father God, I just pray that you would just bless them. Bless their hearts, Father God. Bless their, 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 their lives moving forward. Let them feel who you are, Father. Let them see who you are, Father. That they've dedicated or rededicated their life to you today. And we've all got to witness those miracles before our eyes. And it's all because of your love, your glory, your honor, and the obedience of Jesus Christ that shed his blood on that cross for our sins. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you.